Welcome back, Crusaders, to the Nerd Crusade Podcast. This is episode 45. Today we're going to be talking about the Blue Beetle, Monarch Legacy of Monsters, um, a few of the new trailers that launched, and the episode 2 of the Doctor Who special. So uh, let's jump right into it. I'm your host, Ian, and with me as always is Courtney. Hello. And so first we'll start with Blue Beetle. Uh, it yeah. came out, I believe, on HBO Max and streaming services uh, mm-hmm. this past week. Or maybe a little bit earlier on on streaming. About a week or two. It's streaming been services out. that you can buy. And then it finally came out on HBO. Um, watched it mainly because I'm a fan of the main actor, um, who is uh, Zolo Mariduena. Mari <laughs> Hopefully you pronounced it okay. Um, he's basically the lead in the, in the Karate Kid uh, Cobra Kai show that they started making. Mm. And that's really where he got his start from. And he's been a pretty good actor. Through that series and in anything else he's kind of popped up in. Um, unfortunately, this movie is not great. <laughs> no, it was a letdown. I was so disappointed because I don't mind that it's... Uh, or actually, I like that it's centered around uh, basically Mexican characters. And they reference like, oh, Mexico and that. But DC is always kind of known to not really name physical actual places of the world yeah they make they make up their own cities and this is supposed to be um the city which is what i forgot what it was called yeah but it was supposed to be like a it's take a, on a, dallas yeah but it was like more or, Miami. Or, or houston because it was a water city yeah and houston's like not in, near the water but there's a big canal that they dug to make it a, a port city yes so it's i think it's like but that's in the comics but here in the film it felt more miami like yeah it was more like a miami town yeah was supposed to be in Texas. The disappointment was like the town and city, I felt. It was just, it didn't have any character or personality. It was like trying too hard to be something. And it didn't know exactly what it wanted to be. I think it's probably because a lot of the, because like it is a mixture of Dallas and Houston, where Dallas has a bunch of neon lights all over their buildings. Mm -hmm. And like Houston's a port town, but it's an artificial port town. And he said this was made to look more like Miami. But the neon stuff on the buildings is all like CG. Yes. So it doesn't look like they're naturally built in the buildings. So it doesn't look like like a night city or a cyberpunk city or like um or like it doesn't look authentic. It just looks like, hey, look, the rich big downtown has neon lights on everything and, and it then, just looks superficial. Yeah, and then the poor part looks like every other poor part of a yeah, city, and then like uh, California or Texas. And like the depiction, and this may be right, may be wrong. I don't know. I, my best friend, who's uh, Mexican American, growing up with him um, and his family dynamic, um, it seems very different. Like, this seems like the George Lopez version of Hispanic living, which is like, this is what what, what you want white people to think Hispanic living is like. It's like it's just like normal, like everyone else, and everybody's lovey dovey. It felt very sitcom, too, with the fi- family dynamic. Yeah. Like, it was very sitcom. It didn't like everyone was playing a stereotype character, and I wish they didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, almost to the point where it's like, because it starts off with like the main character coming back from college. Yep. Um, he flies back home. He's just graduated college to find out that the parents have lost their business. They're about to lose their home. They have no money. And the dad and everyone and the boy and was just happy as can be about everything. Nobody seems to be too Worried concerned that they're cared. about to get kicked out of their house because big developers coming to to run everything over. It's just yeah, okay, fine. It's all good. Oh, it's so good that you you graduate college, maybe you'll get a good job, maybe you'll save our business. It's like Excuse what? Like, it's like you... why aren't you trying to do something to like stay afloat? Like it doesn't make any sense. I guess because the dad was also injured and couldn't work. Yeah. Yeah, had a heart attack and can't work. But like mom, the uncle, abuela. Yeah. The real real the sister does have a job because she helps them get a cleaning job for one of the rich uh Yeah, but clearly she's not applying herself to anything. No, and she she was a big issue for me. Basically everybody in the house if that was the case, everybody would be having a job to throw money in. Yeah, at least two jobs. George Lopez's character, the uncle doesn't do anything, it seems like, other than make his own inventions or some shit and tries to stay off the radar of the government because he's a conspiracy theorist. (sighs) And the abuela doesn't do anything because she's a little old old lady. Yeah. But the mother's not doing much. 
and the dad's not doing anything because he's recovering from a heart attack while he's happy-go-lucky about everything. It's like, yeah, your kid graduated college, but you're about to lose everything. Why aren't you guys doing more? Yeah. Like, trying to find government assistance or something to, like, hopefully not put you guys out on the street. Yeah, wow. it, it just seemed I, fake and false. Yeah, because I originally thought, like, okay, they lost this, but at least they own their house and the land or whatnot, so they're okay there. But then they find out, like, oh, Cord's about to, like, tear down their neighborhood to gentrify. It's like, so you're about to lose everything. Why is nobody caring about that? Yeah, why are you guys like, it's fine. It's all good. It's like, what? Yeah. So, um, but as Blue Beetle goes, it's uh, the other thing that they don't point out in this, which is, like, it more so in the comics. And I don't know a ton about Blue Beetle, but I know... What I know from like the Injustice games mm -hmm. is that this must be a piece of alien technology. They don't really cover. They that. don't really cover. It's just they make it sound like oh we dug just, into yeah it's, oh it's just here yeah this is Blue Beetle oh and there was a Blue Beetle before but he didn't use this alien technology because it wouldn't unlock for him. But he had a, he had apparently another guy it did unlock for so he was like the guy in the chair where there was a Blue Beetle running around with tech but. Yeah, but it was different tech because you saw the different Blue Beetle suits in the underground. Yeah. But we're jumping ahead of this that's, that's story. That's where they fi find the Blue Beetle lair. It's really weird because it's like nobody knows about the Blue Beetle until they find the lair. And then the uncle's like, oh, yeah, I remember the Blue Beetle. It's like, he was what? great. It's like, like, excuse me? Like your you're now... nephew has been running around looking like a Blue Beetle. Yeah, you saw what? him get attacked by the thing and like kind of kind of turn into it. And you didn't realize who it was. Didn't go, oh, my God, that looks like... The Blue Beetle, who used to run around in the 80s or 90s. Yeah, now other than, like, the yes. cast that we mentioned, which was Zolo uh, Mariduena and George Lopez, who plays, like, the crazy comic relief uncle, the villain in this is Susan Sarandon. Of course. Um, Another, like, well, kind of not well-known, well but if you watched uh, What We Do in Shadows, Guillermo, uh, played by Harvey uh, Gwellen is also in this. Yes, who, um, whose last name is also De La Cruz. Yeah, De La Cruz. He's, 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 He's listed as Dr. Sanchez because Susan Sarandos always calls him Dr. Sanchez and he's always like, Sanchez is not my name. He doesn't say his name until like the very end. But like, the other thing is like, this plays too much on like... Comedy. The, the, well, the comedy and the concept of like the the representation between rich white people and poor Mexicans, right? Because it's like, Susan yeah. Sarandon doesn't know anybody's name who's Mexican. Yeah, she just calls him like, oh, Sanchez or uh, Jorge. You yeah, know, just, she just, just comes up with a name that she can't remember, and then she only refers to him that way. Yeah, which is why um, uh, De La Cruz is known as Dr. Sanchez on the yeah. IMDb credits. And then, like, uh, the villain... Carpacks really don't get a much backstory till the very end on what he just who he is. Like a he was just a higher, yeah, he was high, seemed like a like, higher lackey. Like this one lackey who's OP because he can't fight them, Susan Sarandon. Yeah, that like he let Susan Sarandon then like uh, experiment on him. And yeah. the weird thing is like the whole plot is this is that they want Susan Sarandon's comp company wants the Blue Beetle because they want to manufacture weapons again. Which when um, her dad, when the father, the Susan Sarandon and the grandfather made the company. They were doing weapons manufacturing. When the grandfather died, he gave the company to his son. Mm -hmm. And his son changed it to, like, no, we're not doing weapons. We're going to, like, help the communities and shit. Yeah. Which wasn't as profitable. And then when he died, all his shares went to the daughter, who is the other protagonist in this, um, Jenny Cord. Yes. Um, so the whole plot is Susan Sarandon wants to go back to making weapons. They're wanting the scarab so that they can amplify their their uh, private military or private, private police force tech, which is basically a body armor suit. Yeah. Which is what the Blue Beetle suit is, but it's like... But it like also does like the Iron Man like nanotech where it goes through yeah, your body. Yeah, because the Beetle thing basically goes inside Jamie's body and then like it's becomes insane. a part of, it becomes a part of him so like the, there's symbiotic. And it's like, oh, that's infected. Yeah, it looks like, it's, <laughs> it looks like something out of the movie Tick or something. Yeah. But, like, when you see him actually have to fight Carpax, and Carpax uses the, the cord version of it that's not complete, it's like, so why do you need the Blue Beetle? Like, this thing looks pretty complete. Yeah, it, it looks... The guy it's got extra blue, armor. Yeah, it's kicking Blue Beetle's ass. Like, like, I don't understand why you want Blue Beetle technology. You already have this. And it works pretty damn good. Just kind of complete the bottom half so you have more leg and crotch cover, and you're fine. Yeah, because, like, it literally just shows, like, it's a thing that plugs into a person's spine and then it gives them more body armor yeah, and an exosuit. Just, it's just like maybe about an inch big, like at the 
uh, top of the spine area, yeah. base neck, and doesn't look infected, looks good. Boop, boop, you have your armor. Why do you need the blue? It, it also, there's like, so many holes yeah, in Yeah, it also doesn't explain. It's like the only difference between the blue, blue beetles tech and what she's already made is that there's a symbiotic relationship between the suit, which they basically call Kajida. Kajida? Uh, or Kaji is what he calls her, but it's just Kajida is the full name on INDB. But basically, there's a symbiotic relationship between whatever's in the suit, the alien technology, and the person wearing it, and it has to choose a person, so it chose uh, Jaime. So, that's the only difference, is that there's like a mutual beneficial like mental link. They didn't copy the AI out of the Blue Beetle's uh, tech into the uh, Carpax suit. They just like, oh, we got his tech, and now Carpax is a much we, better suit. But it's like, well, how is it much better? Code for it, and it's like, I mean, it makes no okay. sense. It's like it's alien code. How did you just download? Download code? it, and now you understand it. It doesn't. Yeah. It like, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's just we're trying to get it's, from point A to point B. Just ignore the holes, and please try and enjoy the ride. Yeah, that's all it is. It's, it's an action-adventure movie. Like, I mean, the actors do a good job. It's like watching an action-adventure version of the George Lopez show, in my opinion. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And it could have been good. And it could have been a really great jumping point for more, like, Mexican superheroes and more Mexicans in main roles. But I, I don't think... just for me, it just felt like they were trying to pigeonhole everyone into a stereotype and it's just didn't work for me yeah i mean it's not that to say that like hey this is completely unauthentic uh mexican family no. it re- it's really close to that it's just some of the things don't fit correctly because um not everybody's gonna be super positive in every aspect when that when all that shit's happening to your life nobody's gonna be uh so buddy buddy with uh George Lopez is a character who contributes nothing to the household, but causes trouble, basically. Yeah. Um, so, like, it seems really, really weird. And, like, one thing that would have been nice, what they showed only at the end, was, like, after everything happens, the day is saved and whatnot, in the event of all the final stuff, their house burnt down. The community comes together to, like, have a potluck with them. But it's, like, you should show that, like, they were more of a staple of their community. Yes. From the get-go, rather than just... Oh, their house burnt down. All the people, all the neighbors came out to brought, bring pot. Like it's like more than oh, the neighbors came by, and, like help re- clean up and rebuild. Yeah, better. Should, should, like more community too. Yeah, they only like focus on the Reyes house. Yeah, and like, like I said in the beginning, like the town just felt so weird and not a character. Like every other city that DC you're in it has a character this yeah, one just city's a character metropolis is a character. character um where the flash is from i forget the name central city central city that's a character every city has a character this one just did not have a character no, it's, a, it's like big ass miami and then like yeah and then like this it's not even like a shitty like uh suburb community they try to almost make it look, look almost as bad as like the ones in brazil because it's like, like paint, like, oh, see, our slums are okay. They're, you like, know, painted. Like, their house was decent, too. but it's like, this didn't look like it was laid out. Like, because you don't see how the streets go in and out. So it doesn't look, feel like it's a suburb. It doesn't feel like it's a neighborhood. It's again, just kind of plopped in. Again, you don't also get the community because they don't show it till the very end. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit messy mm-hmm. uh, if you want to watch it. I mean, watch it for I, free on a streaming service. I yeah. wouldn't go see this. Don't um, pay. Watch it free. I doubt they're gonna make a sequel for it. No, it, I don't think they will be. <laughs> um, I'd be surprised if they bring Blue Beetle into any type of the new DCU. DC. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's it just doesn't land right because it's more of a played up as a comedy. That's the problem. Is like that's the reason why like things like Ghostbusters and Spider Man work so well. Is that they're funny, but they're not comedies. Yes. They're shot straight with a comedic aspect added to it by a specific character. Where this is like, here's a superhero movie, but we're going to make it a comedy. So there's constantly fucking throwing jokes everywhere. Yeah. We're like, going to make it like a sitcom. And it's like, yeah. don't work. <laughs> Jaime, go, Jaime goes to meet Jenny Cord for a lunch meeting. And the whole family's there cheering him on in the in the 
basically the the garden foyer of the building. Like that's yeah. not gonna happen. No, they're not all gonna go out there and start cheering for him in the parking lot as he walks into a corporate building. Yeah, it's really yeah. Yeah, and that's <laughs> like those situ- like they would cheer as he left the house, but like they wouldn't go down there and embarrass him like that. Yeah. So that seems so like those are things that Which just again, if in they there. built up the community. They could have done it at the house, and then he could have been embarrassed by the whole community laughing at him as he yeah. walks to a car or Uber or something. Yeah, so that's Blue Beetle. Um, it's on HBO Max right now. Prime Video, you can get for five ninety nine to rent or on any other like pay. Um, pay just pay just watch it on Max. But watch it on some free or wait for it to land on a free streaming network if you, uh, if you don't want to uh, buy, or buy rent it, it for yeah. five bucks. Um, so moving on. Some TV shows we watch Monarch, which I would say, as much as I like this show, this this episode was basically just be action and get to the next point. Yeah, it literally felt more like it was like this is just a filler episode. Mm-hmm. You have background on the one character that you we don't hate. have that you don't have background on, which is uh, Kintaro's ex girlfriend May. May the hacker that spent all- started all this and trying to blame everyone else. It's like, no, bitch, you started all this because you had to upload the the documents, documents. online to test the encryptor, right? So it's like, so she's a bad hacker. So fuck you, bitch. So that's the problem with like she's not <laughs> likable because uh, she's upset about whatever he did in the relationship, which like they broke up or whatnot, which was fine. They have a rough relationship, but then she won't give up the data. But mm-hmm. she don't. Uh, but she keeps blaming all of them for getting her involved. Um, to the point where it's like, well, you're the one that got Monarch on your butt, and yeah, okay, if you didn't do that and you didn't do it correctly, Monarch would be after them after uh, Kurt Russell breaks his like geriatric prison. Yeah. <laughs> but like at that point, they might they wouldn't know why he left, and they wouldn't be maybe not be that concerned. Like, hey, he's a 90 year old dude; nobody cares. But yep. he what he'll have to see or do. But they're after them mainly because the the data that uh, she leaked online. They mm-hmm. get to a frozen area. We find out, as we said in the last episode, that like the last plane didn't crash. It landed. There's a Muto there, and they're basically kind of spending this whole episode running away from this Muto yep. and trying to find shelter as they are in the middle of the Alaska tundra. Yep, they we- split up. Because um... Kintaro, because that's the thing. Like Kintaro says, "Hey, I saw something from the plane. Yeah. It's this way. Let's go that way." And, and they're like, no, let's go towards this light over here. It looks like a village or a, a complex. complex or something. And then, like, as you're going through this, like, you get flashbacks of how Kintaro met May, May which was, like, he was an aspiring artist um, who, like, right, right away, like, their relationship kicks off, kicks off with, like, gosh, she's a bitch. Because, like, he's taking a picture of, like, his gallery poster. That's outside. That's outside the building. And she walks in front of him as he takes a picture. And her first thing is, like, did you just take a picture of me? You need to delete that. And it's like, bitch, fuck, fuck you. Because he even says, like, no, I take a picture of my poster and you're walking you're walking by gawking like a fucking tourist. And then, like, they get to talking. He takes her out to a bar because he doesn't want to go to the show. And, like, basically she's a distraction for him not to do what he doesn't want, what he's supposed to do. Yeah. Um, which is kind of kind of makes sense because, like, he does the gallery show, which is kind of interesting. But it's not like his art was, like, out there. And mm-hmm. you end up finding out later on, it's like, well, he only sold a couple pieces, but the gallery owner still dropped him anyway because he wasn't personable enough to to sell to sell a lot. Yeah, because he's kind of an introvert, basically. Which fine, but you got to put on a fucking mask. To... Yeah. And always still end up knowing about May is that oh, she told him she does computer shit. She has a sister that she doesn't want calling her, um, because she uses a burner phone and all this other shit. Uh, to the point where it's like. Okay, clearly she does something illegal and she doesn't want to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that and she's from Tacoma, and it's like, oh, that explains why you're a bitch. She says she's from Tacoma, and Tacoma sucks, and that's why she came to Japan. It's like, so you're infecting your suckiness on Japan. Yeah, great, great girl. Thanks. It's also like, okay, just stay in Tacoma. <laughs> you went to Japan, and you're staying there probably illegally and under the radar. Um, how the fuck did you even get there? But like, we don't get any of that. From yeah, her. all we get is that. She does computer shit. They have a one night stand type of thing. They have a kind of a relationship. We don't see how it ends, but like, it's um, just the beginning of their relationship. Yeah, and it's very clear. Like he's like told her a lot about himself, and she won't tell, say anything about her herself. So like, she's very off putting. And when they're in the tundra and they're hiding from the beast, she 
while standing on ice and it cracks. And so she gets her, her lower legs, legs, legs soaked. soaked. So she's trying to fight hypothermia the whole time. But like when they get to the point where they're going to split up and Katara's like, hey, I saw this thing from the plane. You guys saw it too, or May saw it. She denies seeing it. Because she's a bitch. To the point where he's like, are you just saying that because you're pissed at me? What the fuck? And she yeah. says, oh no, you have a great imagination. It's like nothing in this until now do we find out that he was an artist. And his art wasn't like, crazy well, imaginative to where we think where you think that'd be a justifiable statement to say to anybody yeah like the only indication that we knew that he did art was some one piece in may's uh apartment yeah. that she's like oh no your brother did that for her game yeah for her game so you're like oh okay so he might be like you know a game designer and he, that's like something he did but you didn't expect like full-on actual art physical artwork yeah, it's weird because even at the gallery, all we saw was like these ge <laughs> geometric shapes that are in shapes with of faces with lighting. That flashed on them. Yeah, and then she had said that he'd done the lighting in the bar that they they were in, which was really nice. To. I'm like, cool, so you're an installationist. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like a lighting artist, yeah. is what it is. But and in his... art, too, yeah. Yeah, but in his studio that he takes May back when they bang, um, you see a lot of... Uh, a lot more just drawings, yeah. not necessarily any installation or uh, light artwork. But like, they don't oh, except for when she was fucking around with like one kind of, it's not a telescope, but the uh, like a kaleidoscope. A kaleidoscope, light. yeah. But like, none of it is like really looked at closely. Like, oh, this is really imagined. Like, somebody was like, all right, here's some classic. You see it all in the background. So like, yeah, some, you see like some kabuki mask art. Yeah. There's some de some Japanese demon art, or whatnot. But none of it's like to the point where it's like, oh wow, you're so imaginative. To where. They're having an argument. She's like, well, you're, but you imagined what you saw because you have a great imagination. It's like nowhere. Like, yeah. like, something comes out of nowhere, and it's like, wow, you're just being a cunt. Yeah. So basically, they split up. Kintaro walks off, and he's having his hallucinations while he's about to die on, in the tundra. When they get to where they thought they were going to, they end up back at their at the, base the crash site. Crash site, because the explanation for Kurt Russell is Mudo's fuck with the, the area that they're in, and it'll throw off your navigation type of stuff. Yeah. Um, probably more so explained by that later on, there's a giant hole of radiation coming out of Alaska. That's yeah, probably oh, what really did it. Oh, so forgetting that there is a, um, at the very beginning of the episode, uh, we cut to, it's the same time period, but we cut to Arizona and this lady in her trailer just hanging out, and we discover that's like a research scientist for, for Monarch. Monarch. So Monarch is like, and like she's spread all over the yeah, place. and she's picking up different radiations, but the radiations are coming from Alaska, and I'm like, ooh, we get more like Monarch insight, and that's why I really liked about this episode. Yeah. It's the more in-depth Monarch workings, and that's Which what I like about saw this series. Very little bit of because like that happens, and then they have. Yeah. I want more, and, and I'm hoping that's what's going to happen in the next episode. And then Monarch has a big meeting where, like, the guy who started chasing them uh, basically uh, sits there and tells everybody, like, no, this is about the data that so-and-so had that we're trying to get back. Mm -hmm. We need to go up to Alaska and find all that. So um, as as our main characters are split up, Kintaro has a solution about his dad and, like, the reflects of his relationship with May, and that's where he all those flashbacks from. He finally gets to what he saw, which was an abandoned, like, camp. But there's a radio that was fixed and working there and has the pencil shavings that his dad would do mm -hmm. all over the place. So he gets on the radio and calls, able to call calls. for help. Um, Kurt Russell and them are back at the camp. They set a little fire, but then the Mudo shows up because it's going after all the heat. Yeah, it's attracted to heat. Which we kind of, we figured that from the get-go. Is that, oh, it's a mole-type creature. And it's and it sucked all the heat out of the plane and killed the other guy. Yeah. So it's going after the heat, and so shows up goes after the fire. It gives Kurt Russell the idea he's going to spread jet fuel all over the place to try and kill it, or, or try to lure it to distract it so they can get away. Yeah. Um, but they also have to like suddenly get May out of bed and on her feet and get her running. Yeah. Um, which they do, but it's like all right, she's trying to fight off hyperthermia. Yeah, you prevent her from getting hyperthermia that her feet hurt, so she's feeling it. Yeah, she's feeling the is, pins and needles, or as she puts it, like, knives and daggers. It's like, shut up. Yeah. Just shut up, mate. You don't need to be here anymore. Yeah, and, like, basically, the Muda comes after them. Uh, May kind of holds up her bag of, of with the of computer. computer in it to, like, shield herself. So it ends up destroying the computer, but Kurt Russell doesn't find out until after they get rescued. So what happens is we see a Coast Guard helicopter show up. Mm-hmm. 
Kurt Russell sets off the kind of jet fuel stuff to distract the Mudo. They all start running for the helicopter, barely get away, get in there. And that's when he finally grabs the bag that she refused to give him. The whole time, like, she was bitching at everybody that it's all their fault that she's there, but will refuse to give anybody the day that she uh, digitized that she wants to hold on to. He opens up the bag and sees that the computer's tr- trash. So he's like, fuck. I'm like, well, the data's probably still on the hard drive. You'll probably still recover it. Yeah. But he can't. they can't access it right now. And that's when the helicopter lands and boom. Door opens. There's Monarch. There's Monarch there to, to <laughs> greet them and, and say, hey, uh, glad to finally meet you, Sam. Uh, it's the dude who has been chasing him for the for the data the whole time. Yeah, and Kurt Russell's pissed. <laughs> so like, like again, I feel like this this episode was was point was to show us more about May, which didn't make her any likable. So she's not any more. Well, more I think sympathetic it was between though. May and Kentaro, like their beginnings of the relationship and uh, Kentaro's uh, background. Also, it showed that May is a big bitch when it comes to Sam. Kurt Russell's character. She doesn't trust him. She doesn't trust him. She's like, oh, because when she's telling the sister, she's like, oh, if you need to, you can leave me behind. But you should also leave him behind when you get the chance. It's like, bitch, he's been helping and dragging them. He got you out of Japan, got you to Korea, got you from Korea to Alaska without having to go through customs or any of that shit um, undetected. And the whole time you don't trust him, you won't let him look at the data that you have. Um, but yet you won't give it to anybody else. And you're blaming everyone else in the room for dragging you along and all this. Where it's like, you're being chased and hunted by Monarch because of you. You fucked up. Yeah. You could have easily, like, not fucked up. And then they would have went to go see Sam without you. Mm-hmm. And you would have been chased by by Monarch. You could not be, you would not be involved in any of this. But, like... Yeah, I think... <clears throat> I'm hoping, like, there's a big, great reveal with May that she's, like, an undercover monarch spy type thing or something that would explain, like, all her secrecy. But if say, not, I want to say she want her to just go away. I don't think she's an undercover monarch spy. I think it would be more like she did something to hack into some, into some of their files or something by accident. And that's why she ran from Tacoma. Because, mm. like, we don't know why she ran away from Seattle and then she said, oh, it sucked. She well, ran, Tacoma. She ran away from Tacoma because it sucked and went to Japan. Like, she's clearly in hiding. Won't tell anybody what she does. She just says computer shit. So she's clearly doing illegal hacking and won't share that with anybody, even Kentaro. Um, and is obviously not that good at because she keeps getting fucking caught. <laughs> yeah. Because she so. has to keep running. She's like, oh, I have, like, all these mystery or uh, fake ids and passports and it's like bitch you're going to get caught because i guarantee those aren't great (laughs) that's how often you keep fucking up they want to keep her in a mr mystery and it's like we don't really care she's not she doesn't seem important to the story at all yeah she's not likable we'll have to see get rid of her place next episode the way out that's coming out on the 8th she gives more information on what Monarch really wants, why they're so interested in the data, once, since they're all going to be together and be able to actually hash that out. Yay. Um, so moving on, a bunch of trailers came out this week. Oh, no, before we get to trailers, oh. we should talk about oh, yeah, Doctor, Doctor Who, Who which, Special 2. Which, again, felt like a fucking filler episode. Yes. And nothing happens. Like, basically in this, Donna and the Doctor, who she dumped coffee on his console at the end of the first special, Ends up because Donna's tar- a fuck up. <laughs> ends up sending the TARDIS whirlwinding all over the place and eventually crashes them for a stupid joke in 1666 England to um, Sir Isaac Newton, who so they could say this Mavity joke because like yeah. they had to use a pun on like oh you must appreciate the gravity of the situation because he's Sir Isaac Newton he's about to discover gravity under the apple tree right. Um, and then they take off, and then he's like, oh, what's that word they said? Uh, oh, Mavity. And then throughout, throughout the episode, every time they refer to gravity, Donna's referring to it as Mavity because they changed the past, basically. Yeah. Um, real side thing on there is that why did they make Sir Isaac Newton a black guy? Don't <laughs> fucking know. He's obviously, he's historically a white dude. Why'd you change the race of a historical figure? That's fucking stupid. That's your biggest pet peeve is when it's uh, a they change a historical figure where you have accurate depictions of what the person looks like and where they came from and essentially their race. 
Yeah, and then like or or active time period where it's like, hey, there was segregation at this time period. Then you recast it and you have a bunch of fucking people of multiple multicultural. It's like you're not being inclusive at that point. That's now you're just fucking lying about the time period. Mm-hmm. We have to acknowledge what things were in the past so we don't fucking repeat it. Not just make everything so inclusive that it's always there. Like I don't care when it's a f- fictional character. I don't care if you change the Little Mermaid's color or any other race that's a fictional character. That doesn't matter because it's a fictional character. But when it's Sir Isaac Newton, who is clearly a white dude, why the hell did you make him black? That's just fucking stupid. Yeah. But beyond that now, they leave for that little joke uh, and end up crashing to basically a spaceship. And as At the edge of the universe. Edge of the universe. Um, which they say, but like it's it's not really depicted. Like this seemed like a very cheap episode to make because it was a lot of green screens and then just two actors for the entire thing. Yes, uh, because it's just Doctor and Donna acting throughout the entire thing with a bunch of props uh, maybe around them and a lot of green screen work. Um, no meeps. Yeah. So basically, the TARDIS is fucking exploding because of this coffee. Apparently, it's so fragile. Um, the poor thing. <laughs> Doctor gets away for it to start regenerating itself, but then it basically turns on its danger uh, thing. Danger sense. I think he called it hat. Like it was like uh, something that hey, if there's if something dangerous in the vicinity, the time machine leaves and it comes back when the danger is gone. Yeah. So it left and they're with tra- with the sonic with the sonic screwdriver that was yeah. in it to to regenerate it. Uh, so so it Doctor left. has nothing. No screwdriver. No TARDIS. Um, stuck on a spaceship with a very slow-moving robot that's walking down a very, very long hallway. And then they're wandering around, and then doppelgangers of them show up. Yep. And, like, they're not getting it right. Like, the arms are too long. Uh, like, like, the jaw falls down. Well, yeah, it's a lot of CG of, like, just the characters. It's be- just being really goofy CG of, let's exaggerate these features. And sometimes it's very horrifying, because when you start exaggerating, it don't look right. Yeah, the weird thing is, like... The only other big point in all this is that as they're running away from these things that are chasing them uh, and trying to and trying to copy who they are and maybe possibly take their place or whatnot, um, they get a conversation like trying to tell who's who, and you find out that Donna has all the memories of the Doctor from the time he left to when he's now come back. So like, she should know everything about his life, like being coming Matt Smith and all those, and Peter Petrelli and Jody Whitaker, going through all that stuff for like the last fifteen years until uh, now. Um, but it turns out, like the alien that's copying them has the mindset to be able to remember all that, mm-hmm. where Donna, being a human, doesn't. So Donna doesn't actually remember, but all that data is in her head. Um, to kind of like reveal that, like the doctor has been running away. It's like, yeah, we've known he's been running away from like the fact that he destroyed his people and all that other shit, dude. That's like, that's yeah, not that's day one known. That's shit. like no news. And and the thing is, I think it's more pinnacle to David's Tennant's character versus Matt Smith's character, who's a doctor who's like, yeah, I did that, and that's how it happened, and then and has gotten over it. Where David Tennant's whole run was kind of dealing with a little bit of his past constantly over and over, and being the villain and not the hero. Yeah. Um. So I guess it's a little bit, but it's still, to me, it's pointless. They go through all this stuff. Um, it's not even, like, a clever, like, like a clever display of good acting of them acting against Eat themselves, themselves, yeah. It's just kind of a meh episode where, find, where you end up finding out that these things are chasing them, so they keep thinking, so they can keep copying them, and then become exact copies who have all their memories and knowledge. And then they can take the TARDIS and start war, start a galactic war or whatever. Yeah. Because that's all they want to do. You find out that the captain of the ship who uh, killed herself and went outside without a hel- helmet did so because she set a very, very slow self-destruct sequence. Mm-hmm. Because if it's slow, the alien, these alien things can't figure out what the hell is going on. They need something f- fast thinking and moving quickly in order to comprehend and copy it. So, like, the whole time there's a countdown going down, but it's very, very slow in this other language that they don't understand. Um, Until, miraculously, he figures out, oh, it's a countdown. I didn't understand it because they were speaking it so slowly. Yeah, so the the doctor (laughs) figures everything out, which means his doppelganger figures it all out. And then it just ends ends in a run to down a hallway. Yeah, to get to the robot to... Stop it from self-destructing while the actual doctor and Donna are trying to 
keep the robot going. Yeah. But then basically the doctor stops at the mid-chase and says, oh, wait, if uh, the, if he doesn't have time to hit it, the TARDIS will know that the TARDIS will show up. And so the TARDIS does show back up. Mm-hmm. He gets in it. He goes to grab the Madonna, grabs the wrong one. Yeah. Um, has the TARDIS analyze the Donna that's with him when he's in it, real, sees that she, her arm like too well, long. Yeah, her wrist is like a few centimeters too long. Too long. So then comes back, gets the real Donna. Before she gets caught in the explosion, explosion. fake Donna dies with the fake doctor. Yeah, on, on the spaceship for the edge of time, which then results with them coming back to uh, London where he was supposed to drop her off. But as the doctor does... He never seems to be able to get the timing right to go back exactly when he left. So it's he's two days like two days after later. Like, he's they like left. a couple days later or whatnot. Yeah. And we come back and Donna's dad is no longer like the living home. He's out, outside. They get to see him. and But he said, yeah, the world's going crazy. Everybody's safe. I told them to save themselves. Well, and I'll, I'll keep watch. So like two days after he left, fucking people are going crazy, fighting each other. Explosion. Planes are crashing out of the sky. They this completely whole, missed Heathrow. It's like, how can you miss Heathrow? It's this so... whole episode was just so that they could skip a couple days and say, hey, look, shit happened. We don't know what. Yeah, now we got to go save London. Like, there was really... It was a very filler episode. Yeah, there, and it's like, why are you doing three special episodes and you have nothing for the fucking second episode? Yeah, it's like, you just have this filler. And, and it's you, not needed. You don't have to do a filler. You could just have them go, whoa, okay. TARDIS fixed itself while we were like, whoa, spinning around in it. And then we just pop into what three is, should have been. Where the two. dad could, or the dad and much people from the home could have just shown up at the end of the first episode. Like, oh yeah, shit's going weird where we're at. I'm here to like make sure you guys are safe. And then boom, explosions and shit are ha- start happening. Like, it's just, so there's a time gap that the doctor has to figure out what happened the past couple of days and then ca- catch up in the next episode and then solve the problem. Yeah. Um, like I said, it seemed very filler. Uh, for a special very weak there's like no new information about the doctor you really get because like Mm -hmm. him running away from his past that's That's all he's been doing that's been his thing and we've known that since we've known that since matt smith almost all the doctors deal with somebody bringing that shit up so it's like it's nothing new yeah oh it didn't offer anything new so wah wah so hopefully the next episode the final episode where we should see him transition back into the newest doctor which is going to be the black guy that should happen at the end of the next episode. Yes. So we'll let you know when we get to that. So um, next thing is, like you said, there's a bunch of trailers came out this yes. week. Yes. Uh, with the end of the strike. Although the after strike, I don't know if it's going to be finalized because a lot of big actors are pushing to not sign the, the contract. Yeah. Uh, based on like some of the AI provisions that are there that they don't think are as protected. Mainly, we haven't seen the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. What we've heard has been like, if you're dead... They'll take your imagery and they won't reimburse your family or anything. Which is Which is like why Matthew uh, Modine, uh, Modine and like a bunch of some of these other big actors like, hey, I don't condone this. This is a bullshit contract. Don't sign it. Yeah. So let's see what it's going. But right now everybody's back to work. So promotions of movies and stuff have started coming out. And um, I knew they were making I didn't know that they were already basically kind of done with it. Yeah, because it's coming out next year. So we're talking about now uh, a trailer for Furiosa, a Mad Max saga. That looks like a Borderlands 3 poster, basically. It's weird it poster. It is more Borderlands 3's, like, cover art. Yeah. Furiosa and a bunch of skeletons and guns. Are in, and like, it's all in gold. Yeah. That is it's interesting. Um, but basically, this trailer came out. Um, it showed, It's supposed to be the story of Furiosa from... Her leaving the green place to being caught. Um, with her mother. With her mother and turning into Furiosa as we know her from the Mad Max movie. Um, it's going to be starring uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, who was in The Menu. Mm-hmm. Uh, also in um, that Viking movie. Viking movie. Uh, the Northman. Oh, yes, yes, yes. She was Jeez. the Valkyrie. Yeah, she is. Uh, also she, Queen's Gambit. She's the, in The Witch. The Witch. Um, really good actress. Um, impressed to see her take on the role of Furiosa, which is yes. cool. Um, I like her. I think she's cool. Chris Hemworth is in this. I did not recognize him. I'm pretty sure he's this dude. But he, mm-hmm. if he is, it looks yeah, weird. Yeah, the dude with the great big bushy beard but is my looks, but the guy, But the guy looks too. really old. Like, way older than Chris Hemworth would look with a beard. Because we've seen Hemsworth with a beard before. Yeah. So I, th- well, I think that's who he is. But 
Um, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be the story of her journey going from... The uh, green place, place to gang captured to becoming Furiosa. Yeah. Um, Morton Joe is pictured in it, but they don't have him listed in the cast. So it's probably using a different actor. I think the guy who originally played him is, might be dead. Because uh, he was the original uh, villain in the first movie. Also, he was uh, would be yo- a lot younger, too. Yeah. But they had him with the mask on and all, and all that yeah. stuff. So we know it's Morton Joe. It's interesting that there's a character called uh, Rictus, Erectus in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rictus, um, I don't, it's not, it's not supposed to be the big guy in the first movie, I don't think. Uh, maybe? Because um, it would be his son. Yeah, but, like, but, but Rictus is also was named as the villain in the Mad Max video game that came after the after the movie too though maybe they're combining the two they might be using some of it so we'll have to see what i don't know the visuals look great but my issue is it looks like they took furiosa you know and you know from the green place and with her mother and it looks like they just throw her into being a um car rat and uh, a driver but furiosa was originally one of immorto joe's why is that said in the, the first movie? Because I don't remember I, that. We'll have to double check because... in the movie if they said it, but I know in the comics that they did for it. Um, that she was so the thing to check on that would be is it was the comic written by George Miller because George okay. Miller wrote the movie. I'll, I'll George... double check, oh, it's in one of our comic boxes. And George Miller is directing and writing this, so this would be the story that he's he's written for her. If the com if he had a hand in the comic, uh, maybe. But if he didn't write that comic, I would say that's somebody's interpretation, which could be is an interesting story. Or it could also be in here that he that she was a wife, wasn't uh, was determined barren, and then they cast her out to be a, a car mechanic and shit, and then she rose up that way. Yeah, but but again, we don't know. They don't show a lot of the story, which is. Yeah, uh, it's you a know, trailer. That's it. But we get to see her become Furiosa to where at the end she has a shaved head. She has a mechanical arm. Um, so we get to see how she loses the arm yeah. and all that good stuff. So we'll see it. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm definitely excited I like Furiosa. It. Next one, which I'm also super excited, and it's coming to Prime in April. It's the Fallout series. Oh, really? And so this looks amazing. I think the visuals look great. Amazon has been impressing me with their shows. So I'm excited that this will be fairly decent. Yeah, I mean, uh, the trailer looks looks, de- looks decent. I think, um, I don't know how good it, or how well it will be received. Um, I think... I hope it's received well. <laughs> I think it did a good job with, like, um, I forget the... They're called on it. Oh, the ghouls. The ghoul character looks looks really good and all that. Um, but I think what, because uh, they do in the trailer, do have some creature feature stuff there. You see a rad roach. You see some other creatures that they're there. The the bear that's like half a melted. Bear, you see some yeah. weird lizard thing at the end. Um, it looks like they have. When you see meats. a malinois. Yeah, like a dog meat character. Yeah. Hopefully, the dog doesn't die. Um, Never kill your dog. And we get to see the um, Brotherhood of Steel. Yes. We get to see the giant blimp that we that's in the fourth game. Uh, we see the bot, the power armor that they use and all that. So we'll get a whole instance of this world. But don't know necessarily what the story is. I mean, it's going to be obviously following a vault dweller who Who, who leaves the vault. But... Which is the story of pretty much every fallout is it's your just, it's just the, going re- it's the reason why you left though it's yeah so we'll find out left. why she left and also like okay what town exactly are they gonna focus around yeah the thing is, is like i don't think there's going to be emphasis on creatures as much as people might think there would be just oh. just for the fact that like fallout's a desolate land so like there are creature dangers out there but they're, they're not the they're not the main point mm-hmm. it's always obviously going to be an issue with the people and all the different factions so is there the brotherhood of steel what's the other factions going to be in the game is it going to be like um the government one that was in fallout 3 um or is there going to be another faction that we're gonna have to deal with uh looks like they're gonna basically do a full introduction to the fallout universe so 
It should be pretty interesting. Um, I think it'll be good. I don't know. Just mark doing, my words. I think it'll be good. Doing it as a TV show is a smart thing to do so they can take their time to tell the story. Yes. Yes. I think for video games, they should just do a TV series because then you could flush stuff out uh, a lot better than a movie. Just like they did with The Last of Us. That was flushed out really good. I don't know how season two is going to be because I don't really like the sequel. Most people don't like the sequel. But, you know, we'll see. Well, I mean, um, that's the thing is that um, it could be, be fairly good. But, like, I guess my hesitation is that it's going to be the same story with, like, Walking Dead. It's not the monsters and the creatures that are the main danger it's other people. All other fucking yeah. people are crazy or insane or or their flaws are really big. Like the Brotherhood of Steel, who are always portrayed as the good guys, they're technophobes. They want to find all technology and destroy it so there's no chance of there being another atomic uh, attack like there was in the past. Or could either destroy it or control it. Yeah. So, like, they're not necessarily the best faction to partner up with. Other factions are wanting to control stuff. Super mutants want to turn everybody into super mutants so that there's all the same because they can't breed they can only create more super mutants mm -hmm. um the the things that were really good about the games was like finding the other vaults and learning that the, all the vaults were different social experiments or science experiments being conducted unwillingly on unknowingly to the vault uh dwellers yes that was the stuff in the games that were really interesting that everybody liked to find kind of like how in elder scrolls everybody likes to find all the danger quests because those yeah. are the interesting side quests that have really cool stories tied to them. Whereas, like, the main stuff is, like, pick a faction to join up with and just you... Do it. Do whatever they want <laughs> you to do. Either destroy the syndicate with the Brothers of Steel and Fallout 4 or bug the syndicate with uh, bugs for the Minutemen so they can know what they're, what they're doing. Yeah. Or help the syndicate take over everything. Well, it, well, we'll see what, you know, the story's going to unfold. I think it'll be good. I hope I prove you wrong. So well, we'll watch it let's come April it. and we'll see what, what it's like. So yes. That'll be the, pretty interesting. The last trailer is for <clears throat> Halo Season 2. Which... And, oh my god. It looks like it's probably like the Invasion of Reach or something. And then They're maybe finally finding the Halo ring at the end yeah. of it. They are desperate to be like, come back. Look, there's action. There's adventure. And I bet you, more than anything, it's going to be 85 to 90% of what... Just like the first season of just boring dialogue that no one gives a shit anybody about. And watched, Master Chief with his fucking helmet off. Anybody who watched the first season should not give them money to watch the second season. Please We're, we are not going to watch it. We'll watch somebody else. Sure. I will say this. If we get 250 likes on uh, Spotify, we'll watch it. I don't think we'll get there. I don't think we'll get there either. So thus, I think you're safe. But if we get 250 <laughs> likes... I don't want to give them money or encourage them to make any more of this shit. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if we get 250 likes before the Halo show premieres on Spotify... Which I think I'll watch it. In the and I will... Summer. Yeah, and I will report back yeah. on... Um, my sanity of watching that again. That show is so terrible if you're Please a Please don't fan. watch it. It's no, exactly. The only thing that they should, like I said they showed in this trailer was the Covenant That's Army nice. and the Halo ring at the very end, which makes you think Chief with his helmet off. Yeah, Reach is of going to get invaded, and they're going to somehow end up back on Reach, and the Chief is going to end up on the Pillar of Autumn, and then back to the Halo ring. Um, mm -hmm. who knows how they do it? I don't care. The the show is fucking <laughs> terrible. They're very desperate to get people to watch it, though, because the whole first season is not going to be on YouTube for free for everyone to watch. Ooh. Uh, so they can try and get more people to sign up for Paramount Plus to watch the season two. Season two, and, like, honestly, it's not worth buying Paramount Plus. For Halo. For Halo. Like, Don't do it. Paramount Plus has some other better shows on there, like if you like uh, Amazing Race, if you like Frasier, uh, if you like some of the old classic Nickelodeon shows, they have yes. some of those on there. They have guts on there. It's great. They you have can relive like your cool, old childhood. They have like some cool stuff on their network, but I don't think it's necessarily one of the best networks that, uh, no. that have a streaming service. Um, but Halo is not worth watching. It's absolute garbage nope. uh, if you're a fan of the game. If you don't know anything about Halo, you'll probably enjoy it. Um, but most things that you hear P PR people say when they have to talk about that show is them coming up with some side tangent about why... 
it's great. It's usually like, I think our one friend's like, oh, hey, no, my mom really likes that show. So now me and my mom have something to talk about in common, right? It's like, yeah. It's not her saying, I like the show or the show is really good. It's her coming They're up with a saying, positive yeah. that's completely unrelated. Um, so, like, that show is absolute garbage. And everybody at Bungie, or not Bungie, but 343 who's involved oh. with it, should be fucking fired. Yeah. Um, it has nothing to do with the original uh, series or the game stories or anything like that. The fact that the chief gets naked, that he fucks a prisoner of war. So they get all the military rankings wrong. The hierarchy of how the military and science division works is completely wrong. Oh my god. It is terrible. Don't watch it. Don't support it. I hope the show gets canceled after, after this. Two. Please. Because it is not worth it. And yeah. anybody who watched the first season uh, that, hopefully doesn't hate watch the second season. Just like, don't nope, do it. We're going to let this crash and burn so they don't make any more. And then we'll watch it after the fact. Yeah. And again, if we get 250 likes on Spotify, or not Spotify. Yeah, Spotify. going to force us to watch it. I will force us to watch it and report back. Okay. But I think you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't really want to watch that. It's terrible. <laughs> Alright, so uh, that's our show this week. We will get back to you next week after we watch and play a few things. Um, um, also, I'm going to make us watch brand new Christmas movies that come out on uh, Netflix, Disney Plus. Decent ones. Not like, not like fucking uh, TNT or TBS like Hallmark movies. We're Not that. Hallmark, but like, like Eddie Murphy has a new one coming out. Uh, I think Amazon Prime has one. This... So we'll, we'll throw in a little bit of holiday spirit into these next few uh, podcasts. Yeah, we'll find some some to talk about <laughs> to torture you with the end. Okay, that's it, show. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can catch us at www.nerdcrusade.com. Uh, where we have all our podcasts and archived at and there as well. So feel free to download and listen to all our past stuff as well. Um, and you can usually catch uh, some Twitch streaming at uh, twitch.tv slash the nerd crusade. Mm -hmm. uh, find us there and hang out. All right. See you later. Bye.